When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Wednesday's here, a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt out on assignment today as it's uh, the last day of school for uh, his son. So Chris uh, taking one day off here as uh, he needs to collect his thoughts before uh, the little one's home for the summer. Can't really call him a little one anymore now he's into high school. But I I don't blame Chris here uh, taking the day off, getting some projects done, I'm sure, and uh, He'll be back with you tomorrow. Chris taking two days off this week, actually. He'll be out again on Friday. As uh, Friday, it's going to be Bill Dolman and myself taking you through the Friday edition. But today, Elijah Herbal joined what? by Will Wilson, a very joyous Will Wilson. As <laughs> uh, today, the Lincoln East Spartans golf team, of which Will Wilson, an, an alumnus, correct? That's right. I, uh, I was a proud uh, JV number five spot golfer. Uh, the uh, Lincoln East golf team well, back well, in the day. Well, you set the table for what the Lincoln East team did today as they uh, go and win the state title, uh, the team title that is for golf, and uh, Lincoln Southeast gets the individual champion. So uh, technically two happy alumnus. I never played golf. I was terrible. Yeah, I stayed I've the hell seen you golf. That. You're not very good. <laughs> okay. Well, you said it yourself there. Uh, no, you're not bad, Elisha. No, how about the Spartans? Uh, getting the golf, that's what they do. Uh, that is a golf school. Shout out to the Spartans. They get it done. Uh, nothing like winning state golf. I, I wouldn't know, actually. I wasn't on the team. They they actually won it my senior year, too, in 2017. Uh, but, no, like I said, I played one year. I got cut the other three years, and I barely made it that one year, let me tell you that. So, uh, yeah, congrats to the Spartans. Insert, Doing something I never got to do. Insert preppy joke here as a... Uh... Oh, it's true. Winning a golf title, that's, that's, that's number one up on the, if you're a preppy school, you're winning golf and tennis titles, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not going to say that, but it is a golf school. They've had a lot of success. So they got some good golfers over there. They got some new coaches, too, which is pretty impressive. I think it's like the first year those guys have been uh, coaching over there. So, yeah, congrats to the Spartans. Well, uh, there he is, Will Wilson. It's Elijah Herbal in today for Chris Schmidt, and you'll notice um, – that I actually made it in today, Will, as uh, we were scheduled Saturday. Schmitty off watching his son play some baseball. We were scheduled for Cranack and myself to do the show on Saturday. This, this is the first I've actually brought it up on the air. Saturday we've morning, kind of, okay. We, we've slid it under the rug a little bit. You, well, you usually do the Saturday morning show. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. And uh, this Saturday we did not have a Saturday morning show, as some of you may have gathered, whether you were a local listener here who uses, who's used to waking up and flipping on the radio set or whether you're somebody who used to get your, uh, your weekend podcast form from us, Hail Varsity Saturday Morning Show. Uh, did not have one this week, and that is really? because what um, I woke up on Saturday morning, roughly 30 minutes after the show was scheduled to end, oh. to like 15 missed calls, 
Schmitty's all concerned. Oh, no. I still I have no idea what happened. We, we had a, a late Lincoln Salt Dogs game on Friday night, so I didn't finally get out of here until like 12.45 or so. Okay. It was, it was a late one. There was a rain delay, and that's, I mean, I've had, this is not a, a, yeah. a this is not a brag here. This is you've no. This you've, is just simple fact. I have had later nights before a Saturday morning show. You've seen it. It happens. Yeah, it does. I, I went home, made myself a little quick dinner because I, it was straight from Hale Varsity Radio into Salt Dogs, and I was here all night and made myself a quick dinner at home. Was in bed one thirty, one forty-five or so, and next thing I know, it's nine thirty in the morning, and all these missed calls, and it was it was a whole mess. <laughs> My alarm just—I set an alarm, it never went off. So that is uh, that is rough. That happens. But I made it in today, Will. I'm, I'm here today. You're here today. I, I did not sleep until 4 p.m., <laughs> luckily. Oh, man, that is, like, I feel for you so much because, you know, I, it's definitely happened to me in this in this business. It's, this it's, is the first time for me. Really? First time. Yeah, see, that's really impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about radio is it's one job that you cannot oversleep for. Mm-hmm. If you do, you, you, I mean, your ass is grass. It's true. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, it's happened to me. It, it looks like it happened to you. Sorry that happened. Let's see here. Three years here. I think this month. I think this month is my three-year anniversary around here, and uh, this is the first time it's happened. So I'm not sure if that's a badge of honor or now a badge of shame. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, it's definitely a bad look. You overslept. Yeah, yeah you know. won't, won't happen again. Apologize to all the listeners. Apologize to Schmidt if he's listening. Yeah. But okay, I made I it in today. I know Schmidt. Uh, I bet he wasn't very happy. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, we're, he was just happy I was okay. He, oh, okay. he was a little concerned. Um, but... Made it here today. We got a show planned for you. Should be a good one. It's coming up here in about 15 minutes. We'll have Mike Babcock joining us as a Husker baseball team. Some departures into the transfer portal. We'll get into that here in just a second, and then we'll reset with Babbers. That's 425. Coming up at 440 from the golf course, Wilderness Ridge. Mike Schuhart joining us as uh, we got to wrap up the PGA Championship. Mike gave us uh, pretty good predictions last weekend. We're going to get the wrap-up today and see everything that's going down on a rainy day out at Wilderness Ridge. And then uh, next hour, we're wide open for all your calls as uh, we have an abundance of things to talk about. Bo Pelini still talking about the 2009 Big 12 title game. We've got Caden Green setting a date for his commitment. Lane Kiffin uh, doing an expose on the world into NIL. All that coming up. And a jock doc, Dr. Brandon Seifert, is going to be joining us today at 540. A gift left to us by Schmitty, as uh, Schmitty loves talking with uh, Dr. Seifert. And uh, Brandon Seifert will be joining us today at 540. So that's all coming up for you here today, as well as two more chances for you to get qualified for this Smoky Mountain Smoker from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop and a gift card for some meats from Russ's Market. Two more chances today, two more chances tomorrow, and that's all you got. We're going to be holding this drawing on Friday. So only four spots left for the Hale Varsity listeners. Uh, Get your calls in today. We're going to be doing those drawings at the end of each hour. But, Will, what I want to get into here with this first segment is the the other end of what we've been talking about with the win total. The win total has been the theme of choice here over the past couple weeks. Uh, Vegas setting the line here at seven and a half and currently uh, plus money is on the under. Uh, so that would lead you to believe that a lot of the money is coming in at the over over seven and a half wins. And rather than tell you why Nebraska is going to get over that number, what, what, what opportunities there are for Nebraska to get over, what, what, why the changes this offseason are going to lead you to eight wins or more this season. I want to I hit the flip side of things with you, Will, because I know you're not necessarily a quote unquote Kool-Aid drinker. We've seen a lot in our uh, last five years work. I guess what five years for you working here and three years for me. Uh, we we've seen some disappointing seasons, and and I want to hit the flip side here with you. 
F the under on that win total if Nebraska wins less than seven games. Uh, what, what are we going to get to the end of the season and say, why? What are the talking points going to be for us why Nebraska did not get, say, bowl eligible or did not get to seven wins? Wouldn't it, hold on, though. Wouldn't seven still hit? Seven and a half is the line, so seven would not still hit. If you if you play the under, wouldn't that? Oh, hit? seven would hit. Yeah, that's what we're talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. here. Yeah. So sorry. But, okay, now I'm on the right. Tr- Go ahead. So if if you want to hit the plus money, we're gonna throw some water into the Kool Aid. Really water it down. That was good. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, that was great. Great. Um, and just discuss the the potential issues that could come up for the Husker football team this year. We we assume that most of the work, if not all of the work, in the transfer portal has been done at this point. Nebraska, as it stands right now, unofficially three over the scholarship limit of 85. Uh, so any incoming transfers would have to lead to then to a departure or someone uh, being removed from scholarship or yeah. whatever situation comes. So we can assume that if Nebraska uh, is not done, it's going to be for maybe one guy. Uh, the, the the transfer portal for Nebraska pretty much set in stone as to what new guys they're going to be bringing in. So let's look at this roster as it stands right now and ask ourselves, what are still the weak points on this team? And we hit on this a little bit yesterday uh, with the Marcus Washington news, and I still see a weak point in that wide receiver room of the fact that there, there still isn't somebody that can take the top off the hmm. defense. So that, that's the type of things I'm talking about here. Well, what issues within the Husker football team are going to lead to issues? And the number one thing I look at, what I'm circling, is that offensive line. It was the problem for all of last season, and two transfer portal additions are not going to fix an entire offensive line, especially when your best offensive lineman in Cam Jurgens is off to the NFL. Kevin Williams, I've heard good things from him out of camp. Same with Hunter Anthony. He needs to get a little bit more in shape. But, but, but the offensive line as a whole, under a new position coach, how big of a jump can they make? <laughs> now, I think that's going to be the biggest question in, in determining if Nebraska hits their win total this season. Yeah, it's going to be a big part. I mean, we saw how uh, uh, just a mediocre offensive line could not help you win games uh we saw it now it's i know we got a few new pieces like you said um kevin williams but other than that you know it's a lot of the same guys so right? it, it's a question of can an, a new position coach take these guys and improve the development well and can they you know can they come off injury as well because a lot of them were banged up that's the other thing how do they react off that injury injury uh yeah that it's it's a big question mark and it's something we're gonna have to wait on we have no clue you know how how um, our new offensive line coach is, what's his approach and and how everything is going. So I mean, it, it's the biggest mystery on this team because there, there's probably only one guy on the offensive line that you can write in pen is going to be a starter. And that's Nuradin Nueli. Yeah, he, he played solidly all year, wasn't a starter to start the year, but come in, came in, took a spot, and uh, and didn't let it up. But even then, with a new position coach coming in, it, it's hard to put him pencil setting in stone. I mean, I mean, I'd pencil Bryce in there too. Ben Hart, yeah. See, and Turner. See, I, Bryce is the odd uh, man. Did they say? Do they play the same position? Well, that that's the thing is, it, it depends on a guy like Prohaska coming back. How, how is he able to respond off of, of a knee injury? Is yeah. he able to start Week Zero against Northwestern? That's I mean, at least we have options. Turnaround. I mean, that's that's a good thing. That, that that might be the change from last season. Is you, you do have some depth up there, but uh, if Prohaska is ready Week Zero, you, you'd think, depending on how his recovery has gone, that he would be penciled in for a spot along the offensive line. The center position is still pretty up in the air at this point. Right guard is going to be a battle. Is it Latovsky? Is it Kevin Williams? Do you have Corcoran slide down, play right guard, and then maybe throw Bryce Binhart in at right tackle? That, that's the big question to me is just what type of what, – what guys are going to respond to the Riola coaching method and what kind of, <laughs> of leap can they make? Because if these guys come in and are playing the same way that they played last season in terms of run blocking, protecting Casey Thompson, like 
this team isn't going to hit six wins. It would be great to have you know a coach to be like that that we know has is or that's a proven coach that is, that has came in and took over the offensive line that you know that we know about that has a good track record so we have something to rely on to at least think that they're going to be good. We, we have a guy who's but we nev- never I mean he has a boatload of experience both uh, during his time in college. We talked to Barry Alvarez a couple months ago on the show saying by his junior senior year he was an extra coach on the field he always saw him going into the coaching field because that's what type of leader he was was he was an extra set of eyes for the coaching staff uh, to help out but i mean never has been alone an offensive line coach by himself he's been an assistant offensive line coach uh, most recently with the bears now comes into nebraska and from what i've heard was a different style of coach through the spring than what what the offensive line had seen with greg austin it was a very physical intense spring and uh, i think that's what's needed from this offensive line because uh, they didn't hold up in the Big Ten last season, both in run blocking and in pass protection. So that's my biggest question, and that's my biggest reason for Nebraska potentially going under that 7.5 win mark is the offensive line just doesn't live up to standards. That's the biggest question on the offense for me. Um, yeah, that's that's up there for everybody too. Uh, but, you know, looking at a few other things, and I don't know. I, listen, I know we revamped the the D-line, and we we got some really good dudes in here that could make an impact. Uh, but – that doesn't like I'll have to wait and see too how that transpires. Yeah, yeah we, how, we, how does Oshawn Mathis make a jump from a Big Twelve to a Big Ten style? Yeah, exa- and the pass rush has to be there. Like yeah. it's so frustrating. We've seen it these past few seasons where we're so close to getting to the quarterback and we just can't. And, and, and I, it's a long day. And I look at like Garrett Nelson's performance in the spring game. Is that an indication of a, a leap he's made during well, the hope. off season, or is that an indication of just I hope. how long of a season we're going to have coming up for this offensive line? Watching them, it, it, it has to be there. The pass rush to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we got some ballers, but if we're not getting to the quarterback, I, I, that's why I, I could see us. I could see that under hitting. To, to me, though, the, the biggest question on defense is going to be that corner spot opposite Quentin Newsom. Okay, all right. Um, it's to me, it's not. I you know, I, I know well, it's the, deep. It's it's, it's very deep. But did you see a guy stand out to you? In the spring, no, but did, did it was you also hear a name the spring that was game. Out? It's also the spring game. Let's I, not I forget about that. I know, but, you know, but I'm not taking much from the spring. The game. fact that Nebraska is still looking to add to the the secondary through the transfer portal post spring sets off a, a little bit of an alarm bell. Is that just because oh you have the opportunity at Kane Williams, you might as well go for him? Is that because they saw what they had in the secondary this spring and said, man, we need some improvements here? Um, I mean, the, the the talents there. Yeah, Tommy Hill, Omar Brown. Yeah, I'm not there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. If it's listen, if you're right, if it doesn't work out, that under's hitting. I mean, if all these things don't work out, uh, the, the under's hitting. But there's things that are proven that we are confident. I mean, I'm will confident in out. the linebackers on defense. Yeah, me too. I'm confident that Henrich and and Reimer will only be better this season. Uh, I think you've built a defensive line now through the transfer portal that should keep Big Ten offensive linemen off of the linebackers, let them fly around the field, make some plays. I feel fine there. Here's one. I'm fine with Newsom, but that you're replacing three guys in the secondary. Uh, virtually your entire interior defensive line there's still i mean i i don't question shenander i don't question the 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 talent on the defense i question how quickly it can come together here's one for you and and think about three teams last year in the big 10 who had pretty good seasons michigan state wisconsin and uh and michigan all had pretty good run games michigan was, was okay but michigan state and wisconsin obviously they had two dudes running the ball who just could get it going it, it's still how you win in the big 10 i you got to find a running back one a, a solid running back one somebody out of the group i'm sure there's one in there one's got to come out and get that 1200 1300 yard mm-hmm. season it's got to happen I, I like what i saw from anthony grant i think he could be 
uh, big, and I, I could potentially see him jumping up into a, a, an RB1 spot, uh, especially with a, a new position coach there, new eyes on the room. Uh, that's going to be a, a fun one to follow this spring. There, there's talent on both sides of the ball here, and that's why you have this win total set at 7.5, but this coaching staff hasn't proved that they can take talent and turn it into wins. So yeah. well, th- that, that's why the question marks point. still remain. Good point. Yeah, does Mark Whipple know how to, you know, has, has, when was the last time? I don't know if he's ever called plays in the Big Ten, uh, ever. Never. You know, that might be something that he's got to learn. Who knows if he has a grip on that. We'll find out. That's a big one, too. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into this topic a little bit more next hour. We'll take a look at the schedule and just see if, if the season does go to hell in a handbasket, where does it go wrong uh, on the schedule. Um, but uh, we got some Husker baseball thoughts coming your way as the uh, Huskers had five players enter the transfer portal today. Who are they and uh, what does it mean for the Husker baseball team? We'll uh, get Mike Babcock's take on that coming up here after the break. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Don't go away. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Rolling through a Wednesday here on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson here, staying dry on a uh, rainy day, a rainy couple of days, to be honest with you, and the the southeastern portion of the state. If you're listening out in western Nebraska and you're staying dry right now, count yourself lucky. That's all I'll say. I uh, had my basement flood last week, and I've just been living in that eternal fear whenever the, the rain starts falling that I'm going to come home from work today and the uh, the basement's going to be flooded. But excited to welcome in Mike Babcock here with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And and Mikey, we, we talk about your lawn almost every single week, it feels like, over the past month or two here. And I just want to ask you, with all this rain we're seeing today, are, are the weeds in the front lawn liking it, or are they looking green? <laughs> front lawn looks green. I got it mowed just uh, two days ago before the rains came, so I feel really good about that. So um, now with the rain, everything looks green and it's mowed. So you can't really tell it's weeds. <laughs> See, I got some sod put down in my lawn uh, about a week and a half ago, and I was working every single day to water it, and there were still, like, brown patches in there. I'm like, oh, I think I might lose it, and then go outside today after a day full of rain, and it's looking green and lush. So can't complain about that as long as my basement stays dry here. See, that's day. good. I, I, I need to put in artificial turf. That would be good. Well, I you know can, a guy. Well, you know a guy, Will. I do. It's getting my, that same work is getting done at my parents' house as we speak. Well, not right now because <laughs> right. it's raining, but, yeah, no, I, Mike, let me know. I can hook you up. Boy, that sounds like a good deal, actually. Although we got a huge yard, probably cost a fortune. Yeah. Well, Mike, with with your connections to the university, you could probably just ask uh, the, the <laughs> Memorial Stadium guys. Hey, you got any extra field turf? It'll be striped and beautiful and everything. Yeah, yeah, we could have yard lines out in the front yard, and that'd be great. Put up a goal post and <laughs> kick field goals. Yeah, you could hold you could hold some practices at your house. Oh, the, the dogs <laughs> love it too. Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, 
very close-knit group of players uh, on that field. <laughs> Mike Babcock's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mike, big day of baseball news today is uh, Husker baseball season just came to a close this weekend. And today, five players from the Husker baseball program entering the transfer portal. Leighton Banjoff, he, he departed or announced uh, his transfer uh, I believe that was last night, uh, but today we also learned Braxton Bragg, Ethan Bradford, Tyler Palmer, and Jack Style also all entering their name into the transfer portal. With, with a huge crop of, of JUCO guys and high school guys coming in this year, I don't think it's entirely unexpected, but I just want to get your, your reaction to, to the names we're seeing in the transfer portal today. You know, I was, I was surprised, I guess. I, no, I saw Leighton Banjoff uh, on Twitter, uh, I think it was last night or this morning, and... Uh, I was surprised about that, and then I saw the other five, and I thought, uh, uh, wow, this is really uh, kind of a surprise, you know, a big surprise to me. Although, you know, part of the deal is that they're, they're trying to negotiate around a, a, uh, an expanded roster, I think, um, for next season, uh, up to 40 players, I think. Um, but... You know, you you still only have uh, a specific number of scholarships. I don't know, thirteen and a half, or I, I don't remember exactly what the number is. Um, so they're trying to navigate all that stuff, and and I wonder since they're having the the meetings, the individual meetings with the, with coach, um, if some of this is mutual or not. I just I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But I was surprised to see. Uh, um, six guys, six guys in the transfer portal in a very short period of time uh, in conjunction with the meetings. We're talking to Mike Babcock. So other than Leighton Banjoff, I mean, that, I mean, obviously that's a name that everybody knows and everyone's surprised to see leave. You know, some of those other names, are, are you, why are you surprised to see them go? Is it? Did you think they were going to get a lot more playing time? or like, are, Other than that, I mean, are these good talents that we're kind of losing out on? Well, I think so. I mean, Ethan Bradford was was injured most of the season, so I mean, he, he wasn't really a factor. Uh, Braxton Bragg was was kind of the guy out of the bullpen that uh, they came to count on as the season progressed. Um, Jack Style uh, uh, started uh, several games at, at first base, um, had an opportunity there, uh, didn't hit particularly well. Uh, I think Tyler Palmer didn't play a whole lot, but he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, and Quinn I, Mason didn't get an opportunity to pitch a lot. If I remember correctly, uh, I think Tyler Palmer was a guy who, who showed up pretty exceptionally well in the uh, the fall series last year, and uh, people were expecting a little bit more from him. They didn't see him uh, as much in the field this year, at least I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Uh, I, I, he just didn't play a whole lot. I, you know, I'm thinking in terms of when I saw him, it was more likely he came in as a pinch runner or did some late game type stuff. Um, and, and so you you always look at it and you figure the guys that go into the transfer portal, there's some frustration on their part for some for some reason, and, uh, and you know the decision obviously is theirs. But again, I don't know with the meetings going on whether it was whether in some cases there was an element of uh, mutual decision here uh, trying to shape the roster because of uh, what you said. Uh, uh, players coming on transfer portal or junior college players or whatever um, to try to get things turned around. And then you put it on top of that, a really frustrating season. So um, it would be difficult from that standpoint. But, um, you know, bottom line, 
I was surprised that uh, you look at it and see uh, six players in a, in a less than 24 hours make the announcement they're, that they're leaving. Mike, any thought here on whether this is the the last of it for the Husker baseball team? And it seemed like it came as a, a bit of a surprise that it was so many people in one day, which, again, makes me think that uh, some of these postseason meetings have something to do with it. But do, do you think we're, we're through here, or at least for the summer, or, or do you think maybe more in coming? Boy, you could ask me that regardless of sport, and I wouldn't give you a good answer <laughs> because every time I think things are settled, something happens, you know? Um I, I was surprised to see that Marcus Washington was coming here um, in the transfer portal because I think that, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, we're pr- pretty much done with football. Uh, and when I thought that, uh, a couple, three more guys have come here. So um, I, I don't have a good answer to that. I don't, I would know. I don't think we're done um, just because it seems like uh, I didn't expect to see six guys go in such a short period of time as it, as it is. And, you know, if guys are going, there's a potential for guys coming in. We're talking to Mike Babcock. You know, obviously the pitching depth, we, you know, some things went wrong there this season, which you could credit to how this team's record looks. But outside of pitching, what are some things that you have your eye on that we really need to improve on uh, for next season? For instance, if it's you know, situational batting, like how do you work on that in the off season? Well, I think you know. I think that the consistency is the thing that, that uh, would be the area where I think Nebraska needs needs to work. You know, there were some games that Oral Roberts game. I thought after that Oral Roberts game, going into the uh, to the final series against Michigan State, I thought Michigan State's not going to have a chance uh, against this team because of the way Nebraska played against Oral Roberts. I thought that that represented. How I thought the Huskers could have played all year. Um, you know, you got it done offensively, um, which helped the pitching and, and so forth. Um, and I didn't see that consistency um, defensively. Nebraska did not play well. That that's probably the one area that was the biggest disappointment is that Nebraska self-destructed in some situations where it could have been success or could have won, and the defense just let it down. Um, so, you know, offensively, you didn't have a lot of guys uh, that hit as well as you thought they would going into the season. A lot of strikeouts. Didn't expect uh, probably that to the to that degree. There are just a lot of areas. I think there's not. It's not one thing. Uh, it's a lot of areas that need to be uh, uh, taken care of if you're going to be successful. And you know, that's the irony of the thing. The obvious irony is team that's picked to win the conference doesn't even make the conference tournament um, with a little bit of uh, intrigue there with Purdue. But, um, you know, expectations were uh, were never met, and that was disappointing. Mike, last thought on baseball here before we move on to a little bit of football before we go. Um, you mentioned just not making the Big Ten tournament. I want to get your reaction to, to what went down out in West Lafayette this weekend. Some Husker fans mad that Purdue did not play their game on Saturday. That uh, assured them a, a chance into the Big Ten tournament. Is that reason to be mad at all? Or, or I mean, wh- whenever weather is at play, you, you can't really fault a team. But uh, some fans seem to think that Purdue could have gotten that game at least started, uh, maybe gotten through five innings uh, before the, the weather came. Yeah, I think that was the case. Now, you know, and I've seen a lot of people on social media saying, well, you know, 
Nebraska control its own fate. They just take care of business. They've been okay. But and that's true. That's true. I don't I don't discount the responsibility that Nebraska had and and didn't take care of business. But by the same token, um, there was a responsibility that had I think to either one play a doubleheader the previous day, which there was some talk about that. But Purdue said no, we can get this game in, so let's go ahead. You knew what the weather forecast was. Um, in other situations, teams have done that, gone ahead and played a doubleheader to, to avoid being in a weather situation. If you had two-plus hours of time when you could have started playing the game, but you left the tarp on the field until it started and then you couldn't play the game, I, you know, I think that it was, I think it was unacceptable. I think that the Big Ten should have made some sort of ruling on that. Um, you either play the game or you forfeit or, I don't know, Nebraska and Purdue play one game to decide who gets to go because, I, you know, that whole thing looked to me like a conspiracy on the part of Purdue um, to make sure that it got in the tournament. Mike, I, it's got to be a part of their decision-making process, but I look at this as, well, Nebraska benefited from the same rule last season. Nebraska didn't try to intentionally skirt any games, but uh, they, they won the conference title over Michigan last year because uh, they didn't play as many games as Michigan, but they had that higher winning percentage, which, which is what was important. So I, I see it both ways, but yeah, so, something about it smells a little bit fishy, huh? Well, Mike, last yeah, well, Nebraska didn't play as many games as Michigan last year, but it wasn't because Nebraska made a decision to figure mm-hmm. it out, well, we're not going to play this game so we can be in this position. And that's basically that's essentially what Purdue did because you're going also you're playing Maryland you're not just playing anybody you're playing you're playing the best team in the conference so what are your odds of coming out with a win not very good but if you can say well you know the weather rain kept us from playing and uh, you don't try to even get the game started no I don't I, that's unacceptable and I think that the accountability on that is with the Big Ten conference. Mike, last thought here. Entering into some of the weird months for uh, for being in college football media or college sports media as we, we get through the summer, what, what are you working on here over the next couple of weeks? Um, we're working on the yearbook for Hale Varsity, which is a rather large project, and it's about twice as twice as many pages as a, as a regular of the magazine. So um, there's a lot uh, a lot of previews, a lot of features. Um, it's it's kind of a fun time actually. Um, to get that thing uh, put together and, and reading all that stuff and editing it. Well, Mike, can't wait for that and uh, enjoy your work working on that and have a lovely rainy Wednesday. Hey, Hank, thanks for having me, guys. Be safe. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, get everything we produce 10 issues of our monthly magazine our annual football yearbook and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code gbr for ten dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code gbr and now and now back to hail varsity radio Back at it here on a Wednesday. It is Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson filling in for Chris Schmidt today as Chris Schmidt enjoying the last day of school before he's got to stay at home with uh, Junior all day long. So he's uh, enjoying that. Schmidt will be back in tomorrow. 
Uh, today, though, we are headed out to Wilderness Ridge, out to the putting green, where Mike Schuhart joins us as uh, we got a bunch to get into here with Mike PGA Championship, maybe some high school golf championship, too. But, Mike, how are you keeping busy on a rainy day like today? Oh, there's always something to do. I just got done with a lesson, so that's nice having a, a golf academy that we can actually do stuff year-round. So days like this, we can still kind of get some things done when you can't get really outside and on the golf course because of the weather. So that's nice to do. Always, always stuff to do around the around the shop. Mike, we lit off the show today by talking about the. Uh... Class A Boys State Golf Tournament as uh, Will Wilson, proud alumni of the Lincoln East Golf Team. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Very proud of the uh, JV. JV. Will's very, very proud of the uh, the Lincoln East Golf Team as they took home the team title. Lincoln Southeast taking home an individual title. And Mike, is that anything you followed at all? Did you know any of the kids that were out there golfing today? Yeah, I know quite a few of them. Uh, one of the young men that work uh, that plays on Lincoln East team, Will Topolsky. Uh, I've worked with for a long time, who just recently signed with Morningside to go continue his, his golfing skills up there. So super proud of him. So and a lot of those other young kids. So fun to see them. I mean, they work really hard. And uh, Will's a member out here, so I see him quite often and, and see his work ethic. And it's fun to see them kind of reap the rewards. We're talking to Mike Schuhart. I want to get into this PGA Championship. Mike, uh, you know, is at Southern Hills, and it's a tournament that you've played in, uh, you know, several times. You, what's it like playing in the PGA? How different is it compared to all the other majors? Uh, it's it's very similar to the other majors. It's, it's probably most similar to the to the U.S. Open. I mean, as far as course setup, uh, greens get hard and fast, rough gets long, uh, golf courses are are just brutally long and set up very difficult, you know, it's, and it's supposed to be that way. I mean, it's supposed to challenge the best players to, to see who can handle not only mentally, but, you know, have physical tools to be able to hit a lot of the shots that are required under the pressure that they're under to, to perform and see them come out on top. And it was pretty fun to watch Justin, you know, they showed a little, I saw a thing of, of all the different kind of shape shots he was hitting, draws and cuts and highs and lows and, and shots coming down the stretch that he needed to hit and he just striped. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's fun to watch. It's always fun to watch a major, you know, and it's the final score kind of shows how difficult the golf course is. You know, five under was in a playoff. Uh, that's not a typical PGA Tour event, you know, when they're shooting 20 under. So that right there, best players in the world, uh, definitely got themselves challenged. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. You, you talk about Justin Thomas. He, he played a great round. Right? You remember in that early in that round, he shanked an iron shot. I mean, cold shanked it to the right. I know it's a word that we don't like to say. but how, No, no. How impressive is it, though, for him to do that and then continue to play and, and win that thing? Yeah, very much so. That's just is a testament to how mentally tough those guys are and how focused they are on on the shot at hand. I mean, that's what they're so good at. You know, they they diagnose the golf course and they pick shots that they need to hit, and they're very well aware that they're not going to hit it perfect every time, but they're going to put themselves in a position to, to try to hit as good of a shot as they can each and every time. So their ability to let bad shots, and especially that one because that's, like, horrible, uh, to let that go and to have enough faith and confidence and belief in yourself 
to go ahead and then hit the shots that he did coming down the stretch to put him in position, you know, to get him in position to win the tournament. So that's pretty impressive to their, to not only their physical skills, but more so their mental skills. Checking in from Wilderness Ridge, Mike Schuhart with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Mike, got to get to that three-hole playoff. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I had a busy weekend. I didn't end up tuning in until the playoff, but man, I got my money's worth with those three holes. I, I just want to get your, your reaction to, to how mentally tough that is for those guys. I mean, Justin Thomas on, on the second playoff hole just did exactly what he did in, uh, in regulation and just uh, crushed his, his driver, and that really sealed the playoffs holes for him. I just want to get your reaction to the, to the three-hole playoff that we got to see on Sunday. So I, uh, I think guys like it a little better both ways because if you happen – to get behind, you still have a couple holes to make up, you know, so it's like you never really feel like you're out of it until it's all over with. So it's like it's different. I mean, every major is different on what they do and uh, how they go about doing what they do. You know, you have the British Open is five, um, PGA is three, Masters is one, and the U.S. Open is 18-hole playoff. So it's pretty unique that all three, all four majors have a different kind of a playoff format. Um, you know, is one better than the other? Uh, you know, they're all exciting. Hey, Mike, you know, uh, Mito Pereira, he had the lead for a long time, and he, he really had that tournament in the bag until 18 hit, and he doubled. You know, we've all been there where we have that one hole, and it's just we're in a bad mood. But what do you, what do you have to say about him going and talking to the media? And he just seemed like in a good mood after that. He laughed about it. Yeah, I mean, there it's people don't realize that it's hard enough just playing in that environment, and it's even that much harder when you're trying to get in contention. And it even amps up another level when you're actually in contention. And then it's a whole nother level that where you're standing on the last tee leading the tournament. All I have to do is make par and I'm in the PGA champion, a major champion. And, you know, unless you've been there and are somewhat ready for it, you're going to do most of the time what he just did. I mean, the pressure is just enormous. And you, you look throughout the years of, of players that have done the same thing. You know, I think of back when Greg Norman was trying to win the Masters and he basically shanked it on 18 into the gallery. All he had to do was hit it on the green, two putt, and he was a Masters champ. The pressure just gets so enormous that it's it's really hard to keep control of your, your mind and your body at times. So the more times you get there, the more you learn how to deal with it. And you can kind of seal the deal. If you're there for the first time and not used to it, man, it's, it's enormous pressure that's hard to control. Mike Schuhart's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Mike, last stop before we let you go enjoy your rainy Wednesday. What's coming up for you here at Wilderness Ridge? I know school's getting out here for LPS. Uh, so what do you got coming up at uh, Wilderness Ridge, especially for the youngsters? Yeah, we got a lot of stuff coming up. So in two weeks, we have our, our first junior camp that starts. And then our good old Divot Dogs. So that season gets underway in a couple weeks. Um, then we have our talent league uh, that gets started. So, you know, once school gets out officially, they got about a week off before they hit the golf course and got a lot of different things uh, to participate in and to get involved in uh, playing golf. So we're super excited, got everything ready for them. So we're going to have a fun uh, summer of golf with the kids. 
Well, there he is, Mike Shuhart, joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Guy got to wilderness for all your lesson needs. The new course out there is beautiful. Swim up bar coming soon. Mike, thanks for your time today. Have a lovely rainy Wednesday and uh, try to stay dry. All right. Thank you guys much. Stay safe. Thanks for having me on. Big thanks to Mike Shuhart joining us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Coming up, your chance to uh, get in the drawing for the Smoky Mountain Cooker and some gift cards. That's after the break. Hour 2 is coming up after that. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rolling through Hour 1 here on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal and Will Wilson taking you through today as Schmitty's got the day off back in tomorrow afternoon before uh, getting another day off on Friday. It's going to be Bill Dolman and I taking you through the show. I'm jealous, by the way. Bill. Yeah, the, uh, the Lincoln Radio legend coming back for another day on Friday. Uh, I think he's going to be joining us uh, via the live stream as well. So if uh, you like checking out the live stream, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter, I believe the entire show should be streaming for you on Friday afternoon. So that's good stuff. Looking forward to that before I make it in this time for the Saturday morning <laughs> edition. I got two alarms set already for Saturday morning. I ain't missing two in a row because I would be uh, – ushered quickly to the door doesn't matter how good i am on the air if you miss two straight saturday shows that's uh not good enough for schmitty yeah you so, might lose your job that's what i'm saying that's yeah. what i'm saying so the two alarms are already set uh, we'll have the uh, saturday morning edition for you chris schmidt mark cranack and myself on saturday but well before we wrap up this hour here you, you had a pretty interesting story we we're talking about before the show about uh uh what is that a poker player who yeah. got indicted in a 25 million dollar Sports gambling scheme? Yeah, this is insane. Uh, Corey Ziedman is his name. Apparently, this guy won a bracelet, actually, uh, back in, yeah, I don't remember. It was like 2012 Explain, or something I, like I that. I don't really follow the World Series of Poker. What does that mean? So in, in poker, you don't win, tro- you, you win bracelets. It's like it's like winning a trophy okay. or like a ring, but you win bracelets. Okay, it's, it's pretty cool. All right. And, and cash. That's what you want. Okay. That's the, that's the more important part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this guy, apparently, he was an all right poker player. He's 61 right now. And he just got federally indicted on Wednesday, today, for this sports betting scheme. And apparently, he what he would do, him and these other guys, they would buy radio ad spaces, right? And they would air these ads telling people like you and me, hey, we got this inside, you know, we got information that nobody else has on these sporting events. Call us right now and, and we'll give you, you know, this information. And I've heard some of those ads, too. Like, you'll hear people, hey, you know, call us right now. We'll give you spread, play, and, and over and all that uh, so it's kind of like that. But and so you'd call this this line. Right. And it would tell you, hey, we have these we have this information on, on games that are being fixed. And like, uh, yeah, yes, like that legit. I'm reading this in this article it says when listeners contacted the service, which used names like Gordon Howard Global and, and Ray Palmer Group, they were told that the organization had privileged information about fixed games that are received from physicians at colleges and television executives. Uh, callers were asked to pay a fee for access to the information. So all these people called in, gave them their money to try and get this information, and it was just a scam. Like, they gave them useless, wrong information after they paid them. And apparently they they racked up, like, $25 million. Like, they've been doing this since, like, 2006, apparently. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And not to mention this guy's been playing professional poker, the like, the entire time and winning cash doing it. You know, it makes sense to me. Um, you know, poker players... The, the, their whole game is to you know mislead their their opponents you know and, and and try and make them think different things i don't know this guy seemed like a pro at it 
Well, that's why... Uh, not poker, the scheming. That's why the, the loyal Hale Varsity listeners do not need that. They know every single Thursday... Uh, we head out and talk to the pride of Chicago. Danny Burke will be with us again tomorrow. That's where you get all your sports gambling information. You don't need to go to these people just pulling a scheme, $25 million down the drain for all these sports gamblers uh, hey, around, listen, the, I, around the world. I'm just happy I never heard the ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got Danny Burke with us tomorrow. That's where we get our inside betting information. But right. before we get there, your chance to get qualified for the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from the Capitol Patio and Flame Shop, as well as some gift cards, awesome meats from Russ's Markets. We're going to take Caller 9 here. Caller 9 gets qualified. Only four spaces left. Get those calls in. Get qualified. Uh, give us a call, 402-466-3776. <laughs> Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back in for hour two here on a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Elijah Herbal joined here in studio by Will Wilson. You hear him on the morning hookup. You hear him over on, uh, at least locally, over on Kicks 96.9, Lincoln's number one country. And you now hear him here on Hale Varsity Radio. Big thank you to Will for joining me here today as Chris Schmidt has the day off back in tomorrow and uh, we actually have open phone lines for you for the next 40 minutes or so as i wanted to leave this uh, this hour open here i think will and i get some good conversation going we'd love to have you chime in as well heard from uh, a good number of you uh Back at the end of hour one, trying to get in on that Smoky Mountain Cooker giveaway. As a congrats to Ron, last hour's uh, winner, getting his name in the box. Drawing going down on Friday. Now only three chances left for you to get your name in the box. Uh, you can also get your name in ESPNLincoln.com. As uh, we're giving this thing away, you don't want to miss out. I could use a smoker like this in my life. I have one smoker that I use at my house. I also have like the, the, uh, the off-brand Traeger. <laughs> which is, it's all right for smoking up your meats, but it, it's nothing like a true box smoker or, or the Smoky Mountain smoker here. Where those the the smoking ring you get on those is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Do you, do you smoke meats regularly? I, I don't. Gotta actually, get into it, dude. I don't. Gotta get into it. But I have had you know smoked meat before. Well, well, the only good. The only problem recently is like with the meat prices. Where you used to be like, oh, you can go get a cheap cut of meat and go smoke it up and turn it yeah. into a good cut of meat. And now a, a brisket costs you a hundred bucks. It's going down though. It's going down. I saw that the price of chicken wings are going down. So thank God I've been eating way too much pasta in my life recently. Well, pasta's good. You know that's good. For pasta's you. good, but like doesn't compare to a steak. Yeah, uh, yeah, you need it. Yeah, steak is obviously steak. Steak, brisket, We're pulled men. pork. We like steak. 
give, give me it all. Give me it all. Well, we're uh, back here into hour two. Another chance for you to get qualified for the Smoky Mountain Cooker coming up at the end of this hour here. And as I told you, open phone lines 402 466 3776 or 800 825 5865. The guy we've been talking about on this show here, Caden Green, has set a commitment date following his visit to Nebraska. We reading too far into that? After the visit to Nebraska, he sets the uh, the date for a commitment. Uh, he is going to be announcing where he is going to school here come July um, 8th. Okay, so explain to the listeners and myself why this is such a big deal. Well, Caden Green, a uh, high-level, high-level offensive lineman from inside that 500-mile radius from down in Kansas City. He's got the, the who's who of college football looking at him. And it's really a question right now, does he want to go Big Ten or does he want to go SEC? Uh, he really... I mean, as a, a future Under Armour All-America, and he's going to be playing in that game next year. Uh, he has really hit his choice where to go. His top schools right now, Michigan, uh, as well as – let's get the top five pulled up here, make sure I get it right. Did he put it on his Instagram? Maybe he put it on his Instagram. Well, Michigan's in the mix. That's you know, I'm oh, already a pretty good it. company. Got LSU, Michigan, Nebraska. I'm forgetting two here. Missouri. And what's the last one I'm forgetting? I should have had this written down. Yes, I mean, Oklahoma, obviously. There okay, wow. Oklahoma, Michigan, LSU, Missouri, and Nebraska are his five. Wow, it's pretty, pretty high profile list there. Locks in the commitment date after visiting Nebraska. Okay, how many has he visited at all those schools? Uh, I believe all of them except LSU. Okay, and he he still has an official LSU planned. Uh, between now and his commitment date. So it's not like Nebraska is going to be the last school. That's what a lot of the recruiting insiders tell you. Whoever the last school is usually has a good chance to get the last word in. Uh, recruits plan accordingly, and, and schools try to get that last visit in. Uh, so it sounds like LSU is going to be his last visit, but they are also the the latest to the party here. So uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Michigan all sounding like pretty good favorites here, as well as the home state school, Missouri. So uh, Nebraska in the mix for Caden Green. We'll know here on July 8th where he decides to go. And obviously, uh, Hill Varsity's Greg Smith, recruiting insider, uh, will get you all the update information that he knows uh, via his Twitter page at GregSmithHV. We'll be talking with Greg here over the coming months, weekly segment with Greg on Mondays as uh, Caden Green would be a, a big haul as uh, Riola be his first true yeah. high school offensive line commit. And this is a big one, a guy, one of the uh, the top offensive linemen in the country. And uh, scary, imposing-looking dude. Uh, he'd fit right in along the Nebraska pipeline. So we'll know with Caden on July 8th. Yeah, I mean, that's good news. And also, like, I'm kind of um, not sick of, but, sick of it, but, you know, I, I don't want to rely on offensive line transfers uh, every single yep. year. Yep, you, so. you, you got to start developing that that high school talent. Uh, those are the guys that are going to win you football games. Uh, Gary Barnett mentioned it a couple weeks ago with us, like transfers and, and these guys that you're getting here, are they're great, but they're not what you build a program on. They're, they're not what give you a winning program. They, they fill in the gaps to a winning program, get you from seven wins to nine wins, get you from seven wins to ten wins, but they aren't the guys that get you to seven wins. Those are the guys you're getting out of high school. Those are the guys you're developing for four or five years. <laughs> those are the guys you win with. And Caden Green, yeah. uh, Nebraska fans, hoping to be the, uh, the next in that line of uh, offensive linemen that uh, – Make it big here. So, Caden Green will know here shortly with him. But before, uh, excuse me, uh, here, the show, I, I want to reset what we let off the show with, which was potential pitfalls. Like, if Nebraska's go season goes to hell in a handbasket, yes. why does it happen? And, and the, the main points we hit on were the offensive line 
and, and the defense be able to find continuity, take the talent and turn it into something. Because there is talent on the defense, both from guys that have been here and the transfer portal. There's talent on the defense. There's talent on the offense. Offense line still a big question mark. But the big question is, is, is can this coaching staff take a team full of talent and turn it into wins? That, that's how we finished off the first segment. And that's going to be the outstanding question, uh, the, really the, the topic of all summer. Is, is this coaching staff going to turn this talent into wins? Because to date, since their days back at UCF, the, the Scott Frost coaching staff has not been able to do it here at Nebraska. It, it just, there's been talent. And I think we can all agree last year's team was the most talented roster that Scott Frost has had. And what does he do with it? It's his worst season winning percentage wise going three and nine. So he comes in another year, another year with what is labeled as the most talent he's had since he's been here. And the question is, is what can he do with it? Is Nebraska going to get over that seven and a half win total mark? And I think that's what Husker fans would sit here. And that that's honestly, that's the Vegas line for what they expect, but I think that's also the, the Husker fans line for what would constitute a winning season or a successful season, I should say. Okay. All right. If Nebraska gets over that seven and a half mark, even if Nebraska gets to that seven mark, I think that's the, the, the limit of this is a successful season. If Nebraska goes six and six, loses a bowl game, I mean, Scott Frost could very well, will most likely still be on the hot seat. That's going to be some, some conversations within the athletic department. Scott Frost goes six and six, loses the bowl game. So if there was a, you know, a path for different milestones to get back to a program that we want to be, it would probably be number one, you know, get a team that you like, get, get the old regime players out and get the coaches in that you want, uh, get a good foundation. I think we got that. Boom. Step, step one. All right. Step two, I think would be winning a bowl game. It doesn't matter if it's six wins, whatever winning a bowl game, I think is next. And then after that, I think it's getting to seven or eight wins. So you're just skipping that second stone, Elijah, saying that winning a bowl game does nothing, even though we haven't been to one or won one under Frost? Well, it's to year five now with Scott yeah. Frost. So, okay. If, if he's not getting results in terms of challenging for a Big Ten West crown by year five, not necessarily getting that close, but at least in a position where you get to those last four weeks of the season and you're a position where you can do something with your last four weeks, Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa. I think if you go into those without the possibility of being able to go and, and win yourself a, a Big Ten West crown, this season's a, a failure for Scott Frost. Six and six, while good enough in the scheme of where Nebraska's program has been over the past, say, decade, it's, well, not, I, it's not good enough for Nebraska as a whole. Let me just confirm. If you said if Frost doesn't win the Big Ten division, no, no. If he's not in a position after the Illinois game, come November first, if he's not in a position where there is a possibility, say even if they have to win out, they have to win out. They have to beat Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa to take the Big Ten West crown. If he's anything short of that, I don't think it's a successful season. See, I think I think if if we get six wins, say we're six and six, and we make a bowl game and we win. Oh, he is, he is here no matter what. But what does Nebraska's record have to be after that Illinois game for them to have a chance of getting to 6-6? Six and six? When you look at Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa, they have to probably at least be 5-3 and okay. three heading into that final four-game stretch. Why. And if, if you're 5-3 fi- and three heading into that final four-game stretch, you still have a chance of winning the Big Ten West. Yeah. Because the, the people that are going to be ahead of you in those races are all still on your schedule with Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. Yep, but if it doesn't happen, here's why. And this is, a, I think, a, a big possibility of happening. Why do you think we, you know, went three wins last year, could have had how many wins? Right? Why do you think that happened? To me, it's it was 
a big part was not still not knowing how to win in the Big Ten, right? There's still it's the it's Big Ten football. Things happen, right? You you have to be set. You got to know the you know the rules and everything, uh, you know, clean penalties and all that turnovers. I I still think there's winning in the Big Ten. You got to figure it out. Have we figured that out yet? I don't know, and and we haven't. And you're just expecting us to figure it out fully this year and go eight wins or something well, like that. Well, look at it. If you can find six wins, or six losses, I should say, which we can put those down, we'll go from most likely to least likely losses here. And number one's Michigan. Number two behind that, I'll probably put Wisconsin. Oklahoma. Iowa. Minnesota. And then your options for losses after that to get to your sixth loss. Illinois, Purdue, Indiana, Rutgers, Northwestern. And forgive me, but I'm already chalking up Georgia Southern and North Dakota's wins. Yeah. Because if you if, if, if you lose either one of those games, Scott Frost is gone before the end of the season. In my humble opinion. So look at that. <laughs> to, to get to your sixth loss, yeah. if you're losing to Northwestern, Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, or Illinois, is there a chance you go four and one in those games to get to six and six? Yeah, but if, if you lose one of those games, I think you're going to lose more than one. Okay, that's fine. But if he makes it to a bowl game and he wins it, he's here no matter what. With losses to say, let's say he loses game one to Northwestern, loses to Oklahoma, loses to Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa to finish the year. Four straight losses. That's how you get to six losses. If that's what happens, the momentum is going to be so turned against you going 0-4 to close the season and then say you lose a bowl game. Yeah. But I, I, th- I think the momentum goes against Scott Frost. Yeah, but I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think that happens, though. Um I just think it's 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 going to be I don't know uh, I'm not quite set on making a decision yet on a, on that over under on seven and a half. Honestly, it's kind of a win win uh, because if if we get six wins or, and win the bowl game, that's seven. Hey, the under still hits, and and Frost keeps his job, which you know I'm I'm happy about. So I'm kind of being selfish there. I mean, if Nebraska just wins the games that they should win, so I'm talking they beat Northwestern, North Dakota, Georgia Southern. Indiana, Rutgers. I'll put Purdue in there. They've been a bit of a boogeyman recently. Put them in there. But they're you, yes, put them in there. Based on funding and based on what they've bringing back from last season, it should be a win. Illinois should be a win. I'm just not quite you're, there, you're, man. You're at seven wins there, and then realistically, Iowa's gotten worse off last season, and you've theoretically gotten better. And you held a big halftime lead against them. You blew the lead at the end. So I think you should put down Iowa as a team that you should be able to beat as well. I, but it's in Iowa City. It's in Iowa City, and momentum's fickle, where if, you're, if you've lost your last three going into Iowa City, that makes things tough. But I just think um, I'm not there yet because I know, I know this is live radio, and we're supposed to come on and give these wild predictions. But I really, you know, these past few seasons, we, I've heard all this. I've heard, oh, yeah, we beat this team, we beat this team, we look good, and what happens, man? I just, you know, and I've, I, then I think, well, crap, we look at what last season, what has showed us that we're going to be good this next season? Well, nothing. So, but this year's different because we have a lot of new faces, so you can't really use last and, year's and an excuse. And that's where the, the uncertainty comes in with this team, as we've been talking about all show here, is with the new faces, football isn't one on paper. The new faces, yeah, they look great, but how do they fit into the, the locker room dynamic? How do they fit into the, the actual systems Nebraska has in place here? These are all the questions that aren't going to be answered until week zero in Ireland. Which, by the way, I, I, I'm shocking about the W. I guarantee you? you we beat Northwestern in Ireland. Scott Frost hasn't won an opening game since he started at Nebraska. I know, it's going to happen this year in Ireland. How, I mean, but how ironic is that? Like, he's going to do it not in Lincoln. In Ireland. Out of the country. 
Like, of course, right? It seems too perfect. And also, I just don't think Northwestern's going to be any good. If, if, if any team's going to be nervous going into Ireland, it's going to be Northwestern, I think. Do you think? Yeah, I do. Oh, I think they got everything to play for. They got humiliated last season. Coach Fitzgerald is, I mean, not known to have back-to-back losing seasons. Whenever he has a bad team, he tends to have a good team. And the, the recruiting class he brought in before last season, that would have been class of 2020, was the best recruiting class he's ever pulled in at Northwestern. And all those guys just thrust into action early last season. I mean, there's a lot of improvement that could be made in that Northwestern roster. And I don't think that they should be overlook, overlooked at all. Well, I hope, I hope all this kind of midseason hype kind of gives us some co- a little bit of confidence to go into these games because that's also something I think we missed last year was confidence. Confidence that you could win these games. Quick uh, news and notes here before we get out of this segment. Two new uh, faces in the recruiting department for the Husker football team. First announced yesterday, the director of recruiting, Taylor McDaniel. She comes by way of Kansas State, where she was the on-campus recruiting director. And uh, also another new face is a former Nebraska offense lineman, Keith Williams. Played for Nebraska 06 through 2010, so was one of those guys that crossed over between Callahan and Pelini. And uh, he's coming back to Nebraska uh, to be a part of the recruiting department as well. Unsure what his official position title is, but uh, in case anyone out there is wondering, these are not the people that are doing the talent evaluation and picking what guys to recruit. These are the people that are like, you know, setting up the recruiting weekends here in town, setting up camps. Um, Will's racking his brain for how he knows this name. No, well, like who is who is our wide receivers coach? Uh, didn't he have kind of a similar name? He was with Keith Williams, Riley. He was with Coach Riley and. Was that his name? Coach Dub, Keith Williams, yeah. Yeah, so how many Keith Williams are we going to hire? I don't That's, know, it's a pretty common name. We're up to two. Keith is a pretty common first name, Williams is a pretty common last name. I mean, If we look at the history book, books, there's probably been a couple more. We can look up how many Keith Williams there are in the United States, I'd guarantee it's a lot. I'm, I bet it's in a common name. In the tens of thousands? Yeah. I don't know, but Keith Williams, Taylor McDaniel, two new faces to the recruiting department. Uh, we'll get Greg Smith's update on them next time we talk to him. I think it should be Monday, uh, but that's what we got for you. Still open phone lines for you the rest of the hour. We'll be back after the break here on Hale Varsity Radio. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Rolling through hour two here of Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Just heard the phone lines, 402-466-ESPN. That's 402-466-3776 if you prefer the numbers. Also, 800-825-5865 for our listeners across the state. As uh, Got about 10 more minutes of open phone lines for you. We have a uh, visit with Dr. Brandon Seifert, which... Schmitty so graciously left us here this afternoon is uh, going to talk about Gary Payton the second and his elbow injury but his return for him might look like that's all coming up here in just a little bit but still the open phone lines feel free give us a call tweet at us at herbal essences or at Willie on the radio it's a great way to get connected with us and uh, we want to hear your thoughts want to get your thoughts here on the show so that's how you get connected with us uh, before we get to a uh, 
really an in-depth story with Lane Kiffin on name, image, and likeness. Let's briefly spend a second here as uh, Bo Pelini on the uh, Barstool podcast, Pardon My Take, and get this, talking about the 2009 Big 12 championship game here still. I got this censored out as uh, Bo, known to be a man of colorful language, uh, that was well-reflected on the podcast, and uh, his, his thoughts here on the, on the Big 12 championship game, we'll get into this here for uh, just a second, but first, just take a listen. They're not supposed to turn it on. Uh, the clock isn't supposed to stop until the ball actually hits something. Right, yeah. and I, I think they like went back and they they said that it hit something on the they side. They lied. That was like sticking. <laughs> that out, was right? a that was a screw job. It was. It was. I was in. They Austin. wanted because they would. They wanted Texas to go to the national championship game. Let's let's face it. Yeah, they wanted. They wanted. They wanted to make sure that a team from the Big Twelve went. Will you're you're just instant reaction to that screw job from the Big Twelve? You think it's an inside job? Uh, man, I you know. Do, do you think just... somebody was sitting there and got got an inside source that BB was trying to rig the Big Twelve championship game to get Texas <laughs> through and set up a betting hotline? Listen, I don't think Bo is a liar. If he is, I'll I'll be Sam wrong. But selective but, memory, maybe. No, if you remember right, he said in the past, just not that long ago, on busting with the boys. He said that it was a Big 12 official who, like, came in the booth and pressed the button. It wasn't even, like, the replay guy who told him to review that play. Not to mention, I don't even know if you could have reviewed that play. I'm guessing you could have because they did. And well, it was I, a I Big remember, 12 championship I remember game. there being discussions at the time of, according to the Big 12 rules on, on instant replay, are you allowed to just strictly review a time incident? I, I think you can. Because yeah. I, I think at the time, though, there may have been rules that the you wouldn't go and look at where the ball hit off the railing or whatever it is on the sideline that you had to wait for the officials to blow the play dead and that was the official end of the play and you couldn't go back and check okay see, oh did they blow the whistle yeah. at the right time it was just a question of when they blow, blew the whistle i mean here's the thing we hear all these things it, it, i mean the evidence is not good <laughs> i mean against the big 12 well I mean, let, let's be clear they got it right if we're honest, look back. Go back and watch the, the replay. You can see the ball hit off. Uh, I think it's the front railing right in front of the crowd. And according to the ESPN ticker, there is one second on the clock. Yeah, I mean, I just... Listen, I'm not going to say anything, but I don't know the rules and what the ru- rules were at the time. I think we were, what, uh, 11 or 12 Would have been at the time? Ten, I think 10 or 11, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, we were yelling. That's one of the first games I remember watching, uh, like, start to finish. Uh, and just being super, uh, you know, heart heart damaged. That was the from first, it. first and last time a sporting event made me cry. Oh, it was it was so brutal. It was <laughs> brutal, 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 brutal loss. To, to think you have victory over this team that's headed to the national championship and game. You know what I extra love? Brutal for a ten year old. You know what I love? You, me, every other Husker fan. We're like we're not over it yet, and neither is Bo, because here he is still talking about it on on the second podcast in in how many months. I, you know, he still is not over it. He he wanted that thing. Well, it's still the defining moment of his career. It is. Really, when you look back, that he can still have the mental image of the, the two teams coming to midfield before they go and review it, and it's the two different sides where you have Mac Brown holding up the one finger, saying, we still got one second left, and then it flips yeah. to the other side, and it's Bo Pelini, two hands I in know. the air. I they thought they were going to drop the confetti. You know what? They, they should have dropped the confetti. They should have no, dropped no the red and white confetti. They could have reviewed it after that. Then it would have been done. That would have been an hour-long cleanup session just yeah. trying to get it back on the field so Justin Tucker could try a field goal. Oh, man. But, I, I think that's, that would have changed everything. They should have dropped the confetti. I, I, uh, think, but, I mean, that game is our 
1993 Orange Bowl. Well, let's, for well, any of the older fans listening out there, let's, Florida State, where they come back and there's you get the one second on the clock for the however well, it's a 40 yard field goal, which goes wide left. This is our generation's version of that, but just opposite roles flipped. The one second goes back on the clock, and Justin Tucker nails the field goal. Let's not overreact, though. Um, you know, he had a, he did have a few other chances to win a conference championship. And, and things went wrong in those games. So. Uh, I think back specifically to the Wisconsin game. Well, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma. I mean, both of My those God, games were, that, were, were teams. You beat them earlier in the year. Well, not only, yeah, you had a lead on Oklahoma, too. It, yeah. Sorry, Bo. He could have he done big things. He arguably did. And he's not over it either. Yeah. And I, I think there's a lot of Husker fans who aren't over it, too. So. Yeah, that, that's what was on Bo Pelini's mind. No, I, I love good. Uh, I love the Bo Pelini content. Like he's always giving us good stuff to talk about. Uh, he mentioned how Sue was the most dominant player he's ever coached. Like that's that's pretty cool. Uh, before we get to our jock dot coming your way in about ten minutes, uh, Will, I sent you the story here before the show. Lane yeah. Kiffin sits down with uh, Sports Illustrated and gets pretty candid mm-hmm. about the current state of uh, the NIL legislation. And I, I really think the, the the most important part of this was where he said it's uh it's, it's professional. That's what college football is now. We've we've had the argument that he has gone or that, that college sports is moving closer and closer to professional sports. Lane Kiffin says we're already there. He says, What's the difference? Players are making money, they can opt into free agency. We're a professional sport and they are professional players. They're contracted employees just without contracts. They can get out whenever they want. And how is it not being seen that unless there are changes of rules around caps and contracts, how is every elite college player not at the end of their season entering the transfer portal and choosing the highest bidder? And he, he compared the, the entire NIL system we have right now to if the team who won the Super Bowl in the NFL was getting the first overall pick every single year. That's what he, com- he compared it to because he said the, the richer is getting richer. And, and I really like this point about, I mean, I think that's a direction we could move into where these college football players, you have a good season. What do you do? You enter the transfer portal and you see who gives you the, the highest money offer and you, you take it back to your school and say, hey, Ole Miss offered me $3 million next season. What do you guys have? Can you guys match that for me? And, and that's if, if NFL players could do that every single year, they would. If NFL players could go into free agency every single offseason and try to negotiate a better contract for themselves, they would. And college football players have the freedom to do that right now if they want to. Well, I'd love to hear him actually say these things because I wonder if he's talking in a way that he likes this or if he doesn't like it. Well, he, he said it doesn't matter if I like it or not. It's it's what we have to work with right now. And if you're not adapting to the times, if you're not uh, living in the name, image, and likeness era, if, you, if you're not adapting to it, you're gone. He said you're not coaching in college football anymore. You're going to get fired because there's, there's no way to compete. He said at the, end, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what kind of facilities you have. It doesn't matter what kind of, of academics you have. It doesn't matter what kind of coaches you have. It matters how much money you can put up front for this player. A, a player is going for the guaranteed money. That's what we talk about in the NFL, guaranteed money. That's what the college players are doing now too. Oh, you're offering me $2 million guaranteed for me to just sign on this dotted line go off to school here? Yeah, it's wild. Uh, but it, And he says it, it's not like it's unsustainable either. He says if there's nothing put into place, no sort of... NIL cap, which would be similar to a salary cap, it's just going to continue. Well, he said a- there, there might be less money going to academics, going to new facilities and whatnot, but these boosters are, are essentially buying shares in the team, just like an NFL owner would, by investing their money into it. Instead of buying facilities for the team, they're, not just, they're not just buying the roster. 
just like an NFL owner would do for his coaches. That's buying, what I'm... Buying the roster for him and it makes you wonder questions about, well, man, are boosters going to be coming to these coaches after fall camp saying, hey, that quarterback I brought you last year, he better be starting this year. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of hearing all of this. Like, you know, we've heard this kind of stuff from ADs and, and other coaches. And, yeah, it sounds like they're kind of against it. But in reality, they, they will do anything they can to get, I mean, a good player. It's And also, these these coaches, I don't, it sounds like Kiffin is honestly talking against it. That's what it sounds like to me. I, I think it's a – Or he's kind of, like, warning us. It, it, I think it's a uh, here's the pitfalls with it right now. I am – doing what I can with it because I have to, but I don't like it, I, I think is what he's saying. I because like- he, he's a guy who tried it out in the NFL, and he had similar issues. If you remember back to uh, Al Davis breathing down his neck whenever he was coach of the Raiders uh, for Jamarcus Russell to start, and he went back to Al yeah. Davis and said, no, Jamarcus Russell isn't our starter. What happens to Lane Kiffin? He gets fired. He I would like- fired from the Raiders, and now he's running into the similar issue in college football where, yeah. oh, if that, that five-star quarterback that your boosters paid to bring in – if he doesn't live up to it, if he's not your starting quarterback, the booster's just going to go and say, hey, we paid all this money for this quarterback and the, and the coach isn't playing him. Here's the money for the buyout. I'd love to see a vote. More than anything, I would just love to see a vote from all the head coaches in D1 who are for this type of NIL and for a see a vote who are against it. I just, I just want to see genuinely, honestly, who they, you know, which way they would go. Gotta have a feel that most of them are against it. I, I think as, so too. Aside from, I mean, so if if that's the case, then why don't they do something about it? I mean, it? I, I think Nebraska, the coaches here at Nebraska, might be the one exception of people who'd like it. NIL is Nebraska's path back to the top. I know, I know, and that's what's tough is, and that's what's tough to balance here as a as a guy sitting here, I've supported the Huskers all my life, now reporting on them. Where I, I look at it and I go, man, NIL could realistically kill or forever change the sport I grew up loving, the sport that has been my number one sport for as long as I can remember, which is college football. And why do you love college football? You love it because it's unpredictable. The the parody, anyone can win on any given Saturday. I mean, the, these players are playing for passion. They're not paying for money. Every single game matters. And that, that's why you fall in love with the game. And now you're into this NIL stuff that's completely changing the game you love. However, it's helping out the school that, that you follow. Yeah, the school that you I'll say quote unquote support here because as somebody in media I don't, I'm not a fan, but it's, but you support the Husker football team. Yeah, it's I'm, gonna I'm not, happen. I'm not, I'm not rooting for wins, but I kind of am. It yeah. makes makes my job a lot more enjoyable when the Husker <laughs> football team's winning. I'll be it honest does. with you, it does, and I don't think it's gonna stop. It's gonna keep going because even though some coaches may be against it when they get a good player uh, because of all this, you know, they're not complaining then. Uh, but I I think the NCAA has been a little too quiet. I think something's going on. I, I think they are going to do something big. What power do they have anymore? Well, I don't know. They're going to. They, I mean, they, when you have news in this past week that the SEC might make their own college football playoff, the SEC Invitational. Yeah. I mean, it's currently it's all the power is shifting away from the NCAA. They yeah. they have to make the right move here, or else they could lose their power completely. I, I get that. I just feel like you know they there's they haven't gone away from this. They had those new bylaws and everything they released. I don't know. They seem too quiet. I think they're gonna try and do something. It's not gonna work, but I don't know. They haven't been. They've been quiet. Time it's will too tell. We're, we're in a a tumultuous and changing time for college football. So I guess uh, every single day brings new news, and we'll bring it to you here on Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, when we come back, we're going to send it to the Jock Doc segment as uh, Chris sat down with Dr. Brandon Seifert talking Gary Payton II. That's after the break here on Hale Varsity Radio. Yeah. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Back in Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Dr. Brandon, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Chris. How are you guys? We're good, man. Just watching uh, the Warriors do their thing, and they've done so without Gary Payton the second uh, early in the playoffs. Of course, a hard foul landed and dislocated his uh, elbow. And he's a long shot, but we've seen this happen. I think at Trev Alberts, of course, after some big old hefty old Oklahoma lineman fell on him, uh, he ended up uh, being ready to go against Florida State. That's many moons ago. But let's let's get a, a thought from you, Doctor Brandon. Uh, Golden State not completely ruling him out for future ass action in the playoffs. But how uh, how much of a long shot is this? Let's discuss this uh, dislocation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so the big thing there is we're kind of operating a little bit on what what kind of information they give us. Uh, but you know, taking that uh, you know possibility of dislocation piece, and then also kind of mentioning this fracture component um, as we talk about kind of anatomy of the elbow. So looking at the elbow itself, you know, there's there's two bones that kind of make up the bottom part of the elbow. If you feel on the back side of your elbow, the kind of the tip of your elbow, we call that the olecranon. That comes off a bone called the ulna. And then if you feel on the outside of your elbow, there's an area that allows your forearm to essentially rotate. That's called the radius or the radial head at that point. Um, and so if we think about a dislocation, typically what happens is the, the ulna, which is where the kind of tip of the elbow is, that whole ulna portion will basically slide out of joint and dislocate. And then as that happens, there's you know kind of a half rounded part on the front of that. It's called the coronoid. It's kind of this little tip part in the front of that ulna that tends to get kind of chipped off when you have a dislocation. Um, so obviously they put that back in place and you got to work through kind of a rehab program for this. So I'm assuming as they're mentioning uh, you know, a fractural part of this, that's probably what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, typically those don't need any surgery to be fixed on the coronoid, depending on the size of it. Now the other possibility here is, as we mentioned, the radial head, that's kind of a little round part on the top of the radius that forms the outside part of the elbow. <clears throat> There's a chance he may have a crack in that as well, just based on the trauma he had. Um, and again, the majority of those don't need to be fixed and they heal well. So we're kind of operating on a little bit of some, you know, this lack of some facts here in terms of what structurally is going on, but we're kind of assuming it's going to be one of those two things, if not both. 
So if you take those things together and say, hey, is this a possibility for a guy like that to come back for the playoffs in two to you know four weeks? It's possible. I mean, essentially what you need to do is you got to have full range of motion, full strength before you go back and play somewhere kind of in that ballpark, which that's a possibility depending on how quickly he progresses with therapy. Dr. Brandon Seifert with, is with us, a jock doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center. We're talking Gary Payton the second that left elbow injury uh, way back uh, in the opening round of the playoffs, about a month to heal from this. And the hyperextension was what it originally was thought to, to be the injury. The MRI showed it's a fracture. Now, as uh, far back as a week ago, you had Peyton was was working out without a brace, Dr. Brandon, and also doing upper body workouts. Uh, is that decent with this timeline, or is that uh, ahead of schedule? Yeah, you know, great question, Chris. That sounds like he's ahead of schedule. That'd be a pretty aggressive uh, return to play protocol, uh, but very reasonable. Um, again, you take a high-level athlete like this, um, then again, if it's they're kind of – you know, minimal fractures, if you will. But again, if it's just that little coronoid tip, um, they can usually progress pretty quickly. It just becomes a matter of kind of managing that uh, soft tissue swelling, soft tissue discomfort, um, which obviously he's going to have a terrific physical therapist working with him and all the, all the modalities available to you to basically speed up this recovery. So I think that's, you know, ahead of schedule, but a reasonable recovery. Let's spend a little bit of time here. The, the rigors of the NBA, it's not, what you and I grew up with in the 80s and even 90s from a physicality standpoint, but that Memphis series was very physical. And Dallas right now in an 0-3 hole to Golden State, uh, you look at, at Peyton's sideline, he was one of the, the stars defensively for Golden State. I mean, he's you know he's not a shutdown corner, but he's as close to what they have defender-wise. And, you know, I, I'm interested in, in, okay, say he gets back for the finals. What What is he going to be limited with? What are some precautions, Dr. Brandon, if Peyton is back and ready to go for Golden State? How are they going to treat him from a, from a precaution standpoint? Yeah, you know, I would say at least from a defensive perspective, I think he's in a pretty good shape from a defensive perspective. Um, should have the decent enough range of motion that he can do that well. I think at that point, at least based on what he's already doing, his rehab strength-wise should be pretty good to do a you know, return back to, I think, fairly normal level of defense. I think where the question mark with him will be just more on the skill side. How's the ball handling? Um, how's he handling kind of the shooting aspect of it? Does he have those mechanics back? Does he have that control back? That's where I think we might see a little bit of a deficit with him. Um, again, the, the possibility is here too to kind of retweak this a little bit. So you, you get bumped in that area, it makes it a little sore, might lose a little bit of motion or strength at that point. Uh, but then, uh, then that obviously kind of flows into more kind of loss of some of that skill set, um, at least on the offensive side. You know, the the question here too becomes what's the what's the recurrent risk of you know redislocating this elbow? You know, it's pretty low. It would it would take a, another pretty significant trauma for that to occur. Um, you know, on the basketball court, it's number one, it's super rare to have one of these even in basketball. Uh, but to have a recurrence is obviously even kind of more rare, at least in basketball. Um, more of the contact sports side of things, we worry about it more. You mentioned Trev Alberts earlier. Uh, we tend to see these injuries a lot with wrestling. Um, and we do worry about recurrence risks, especially with our wrestlers, uh, just with the positions they're in and obviously the, the impact they have with the mat. 
Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, Gary Payton. The second topic today in his return looks pretty good here for the finals. He'll be reevaluated on Friday, this Friday, end of the week. So is is it something where Payton can go out there without a protective sleeve, or does he go out there with a sleeve on? And if so, what, what can that do to help keep the elbow safe. Yeah, that'll be an interesting, you know, discussion and debate uh, with his, you know, sports medicine staff. Um, you know, in the basketball courts, pretty hard to go out there with one of our, you know, kind of elbow stability braces that are there. Um, you know, kind of the fancy brace everybody thinks about is one that JJ Watt had worn. Um, obviously it's a football player, but that's the kind of the fancy, you know, elbow dislocation brace that's out there. Um, you know, to wear something like that in a basketball court would be extremely difficult. So I don't see him showing up in something like that. Um, there are some smaller braces out there. We call them the hex brace. Uh, it has kind of a f- some figure of eight straps. Uh, possibility in the basketball court, but again, a little bit restrictive what he needs to do. I'm going to assume here he's probably not going to show up with the brace. You know, maybe just a little compression sleeve, which obviously doesn't do a whole lot for stability. I'm guessing that's probably what he'll show up with. Um, just when you think about the amount of kind of range of motion that you're going to need through that elbow uh, to compete in the basketball court. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us, a Jock Doc Wednesday, Nebraska Orthopedic Center, and uh, Jock Doc Wednesday on Gary Payton the second. When he, when can he and when will he return to Golden State if he gets the, the go-ahead with that elbow dislocation and fracture? Dr. Brandon, we'll do this again. Thanks for the time. Hey, Chris. Thanks a bunch. You guys take care. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Subscribe. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Wrapping up a Wednesday edition of Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery of Wednesday. That has been the Elijah and Will Day here for our local listeners on ESPN Lincoln. As you heard us this morning on the morning hookup. And uh, you're hearing us now here on Hale Varsity Radio. Elijah and Will moving on up in the world. Getting a full day. The, uh, the suits trusted us with this. Man, Will. Unbelievable. I guess. I guess. I guess. As uh, we got one Not more. Not sure they know. <laughs> <laughs> Not even sure they're aware that you and I have been pulling double duty. But, anyway. Uh, <laughs> we have been. Uh, your chance to get quali- sorry. Your chance to get qualified here uh, for the Smoky Mountain Cooker Smoker from uh, Capital Patio and Flame Shop, as well as the gift cards for some uh, great meats from Russ's Market. Already got a caller coming in. Be patient. That chance is coming your way here in just a second. Patience, friends. Patience. As uh, everyone, only three spots left. They know the clock is a ticking, and uh, man. 
I mean, how many names do you think we got in the box here, Will? Not, not, I, not, to, not to dissuade anybody from calling in here, but this has been a popular giveaway. I'd say we got at least, I don't know, 50 at least. You know, um, I guess I could do the math. I don't know. I don't. I just don't remember when we started this contest. So, uh, but hey, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. Well, hey, the second. So that's been uh, you know, 23 days. Yeah, 23 we, times two. That's yeah. It was around. That's yeah. 52. But times two shows. Ugh. So we're we're we're, we're probably a, a little over a hundred yeah. names in the box. Right a lot of now, names so. in there. So, but really, a one in a hundred chance to win a prize package worth. Upwards of six hundred dollars. I mean, that's I'll take that. Yeah, that's that not bad. bad. That's that's better than a lot of other ways you can make six hundred bucks. A lot of fun. So, speaking of uh, promotions, got another summer promotion coming your way here on ESPNLincoln.com. Say aloha to summer with help from ESPN Lincoln and Super C. Win a grill, tent, chairs, cooler, portable speaker, and meat to toss on the grill. You enter to win at ESPNLincoln.com. And on top of that. Uh, the awesome prize package. Everyone who enters is automatically qualified to win a $100 Super C gift card. We've all seen the price of gas recently, $100. That's what, half a tank of gas? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what you drive. For some of you out there, I'm sure it's not even half. So the contest ends September 6th. You can get entered in all summer long. That is the uh, the next promotion we are running. Before we get out of here uh, for today, just a reminder that nearly 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash? Buckle up. A message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Transportation Highway Safety Office. Well, before we get to the uh, the giveaway, what you got going down tonight? Uh, tonight, I'm just going to head home and, and uh, eat some dinner. Going to watch that game tonight. I think it's going to be a good one. Heat Celtics, right? Heat Celtics. Uh, Celtics favored by three. So there you go, Miami, a home underdog tonight. I believe they're all healthy. So our uh, hero out tonight. Okay. Well, you know, he hasn't even been really. Oh, that's Duncan. Never mind. It's Duncan Robinson's barely played. Yeah. What, what, what's your t- are you taking Celtics or taking Heat? <sighs> Got to take the Heat tonight. I don't like the Celtics after a win. I love them after a loss. But after a win, especially at home tonight, uh, it's going to be the wideout. I got heat tonight. Heard it here first. Will Wilson taking the heat tonight in the Eastern Conference Finals. Before we get out of here, your chance to win. Caller number nine. Your chance at the smoker and the gift cards. 402-466-ESPN-800-825-5865. Talk to you tomorrow. A Huda Media Production.